We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. After a fun week down at SEC Media Days, I wish it was in Atlanta every uh, single year, but uh, who knows, it will be back uh, sooner rather than later. Lots of news and notes uh, to get out uh, from the meetings uh, over the course of this week. Let's head out to the wadeford.com hotline. He is the best in the business. See him on SEC Network. Tony Barnhart is joining us. Of course, follow him on Twitter at Mr. CFB. And, you know, Tony, it's kind of funny for all of the off-season drama that we had Really, the SEC media days were just kind of ho-hum. Nobody really said anything crazy. Nobody got any papers served to them. I mean, everything was kind of kind of status quo in a lot of ways. Well, it, it was. And I think part of that, John, is the fact that we've got drama going on everywhere around us. Uh, you know, we've got, we've got the transfer portal. We've got NIL. We've got conference expansion. Uh, all, those, all those things are sort of up in the air and, and – those are the uncertain things. So everybody's, you know, happy to talk about football, which we actually had a chance to do. You know, I, uh, Randy McMichael and I were talking about this off air the other day, and I want to get your thoughts on it. Georgia and Alabama at the top of the SEC. Do you think the gap has closed or widened as far as all of the other programs in comparison to those two? I think it's close. The gap is still there. There's no, there's no getting around that from a talent standpoint. They, Alabama and Georgia are on a different level. But if you took, if you take Alabama and Georgia and put them off to the side, and maybe take Vanderbilt and put them off to the side, thirteen teams you have left. I, I think the balance in this conference is going to be better than it's been in a long time. I, I'm telling you, three through thirteen, anybody can beat anybody. Uh, the, on a given day, which is why the, 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 the who finishes second in the in the SEC East and West is going to be a fascinating run. You know, Tony, I had a chance to talk to Brian Harson uh, at SEC Media Days, and just you know, watching, I got to watch Shane Beamer, watch Stoops. You know, I, look, understand Kirby and Nick are you know even as coaches looked at it a whole different level. But boy, you look at the depth of coaching. I really like where the SEC is with Stoops and Heupel and Beamer, and even Harson. I think Harson's a hell of a coach, and you know, take his some of his personal things aside. Jimbo, obviously, but it, you know, Brian Kelly. I mean, in most years, Brian Kelly would be the top story in a conference, but you know, he's fifth, you know, in storylines this year. It really does seem like the SEC, from a coaching perspective, is in really good hands throughout the entirety of the of the conference. Oh, you're absolutely right. I mean, the, the roster goes incredibly deep of guys who have won. Shane Beamer, of course, is a is just is a new head coach, but you have to be impressed with what he did uh, in his first year. You know, we didn't know how how Josh Heupel was going to fit at Tennessee. Now we do know fits pretty well. Thank you very much. Uh, Lane Kiffin wins ten games. Uh, at Ole Miss, Mike Leach is a guy who's proven his third year is usually pretty good. He's got 17 starters uh, coming back, so yeah, the the, the depth that ever Sam Pittman, how you can how can you overlook what yeah. Sam Pittman has done at Arkansas? He's got those people; they are incredibly excited. So yeah, but this this league is very 
deep and really, really good coaches. Tony Barnhart joining us here in the WadeFord.com hotline. Take a look back at SEC Media Days. Talking with Greg Sankey, you know, I asked him about the idea of is there a perfect number for the SEC or conferences as a whole? And he said, well, you know, we're going to kind of watch. There is no perfect number. We're at 16. We're going to watch what goes on. Forgetting who or what may happen, do you think that 16 is where the SEC is going to stay, let's say even over the next five years, or are they going to look to purge somebody and continue to grow this thing and truthfully make a real true super conference out of it? Yeah, I don't think you add teams for the sake of adding teams. You add teams because as you look in the marketplace, you need a larger market share. I told some a bunch of people uh, – this during the course of this week. This is not about teams. This is about math. It's all about math. At 16 teams. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Is is an optimal number because you can play a schedule at 16 where if you stay at a place four years, you'll get to play every single team home and away during the course of your four years. I think that I think that's really important. Here's the other thing. You don't add teams if those teams don't bring you value. If, if the SEC's goal is to give, eventually get to $100 million a year for each of its members, if you bring in two teams, you can't just bring in two teams. You have to bring in two teams that give you at least $200 million more in terms of value because nobody's going to take less money this year than they took last year just for the sake of adding teams. So I I think the SEC is in a great position right now. Now, if you tell me that Notre Dame is going to the Big Ten, then we need to have another conversation. But for now, I think the SEC, I think 16 is perfect, and you monitor where you are in the landscape. And right now the SEC is in a pretty good position. And to that point, Tony, Sankey also talked about the idea of, you know, and it was a little bit of a shot at the Big Ten about being regional, that we're comfortable about we have our yep. footprint and all the states touch each other and all that kind of stuff. So it doesn't feel like either that the SEC has to look to L.A. or, or some marketplace. Look, Charlotte, Miami, there's plenty of places that if they decide to go, they can still stay very much a regional conference, right? Right. Well, he used the word contiguous. It was in contiguous states. I think that's I think that's important to him and important to the the presidents of the SEC. And again, right now, you know, people say, does the SEC need to make a move? They made their move last year. <laughs> their move was last year when Texas and OU decided that they wanted to come. So I, I mean, you, you you've got a conference that's won twelve out of the last sixteen national championships in football, and to that, you are adding two of the most storied programs and successful programs in the history of college football. So I, I would say, the you know, when, when somebody asks me about being a Super League, he says, hey, we're a Super League now. And he's right. The SEC is a Super League now. Tony Barnhart joining us here in the WadeFord.com hotline. You know, and, and you mentioned Notre Dame. I, I guess I just, 
I don't know, maybe as an old stubborn guy, Tony, I just have a difficult time wrapping my arms around the idea that Notre Dame's football is going to go to a conference. And I guess what was the statement the other day? If they could get $75 million on the open market, you know, that would keep them away. But I just, I don't know. I mean, do you think it's realistic that they football-wise will be in a conference? Or do we just keep believing this pipe dream that something's going to happen? Well, here's here's the thing. They they're obviously leaning on NBC. Uh, basically, they're telling NBC, "You guys need to step up your game to allow us to remain as an independent. You've got to deal with us, uh, and you get you get the uh, you get six or seven home games on NBC a year." But you know, here's the thing: Jack Swarbrick, the athletic director at Notre Dame, this is a very incredible important moment in time because Notre Dame has more leverage right now. They've always had good leverage, but they've got more leverage now than they've ever had. And uh, Jackson Warbrick is a very smart man. So what he's got, he's got to do, he's going to do one of two things. He is going to play this leverage into figuring out a way to get to 75 million and therefore they can remain an independent or the Big Ten is going to put $100 million on the table and they won't be able to turn it down. One of those two things is going to happen. As we're this close to you know actual football on the field and getting ready to be played, you think all of the realignment and the shuffling, reshuffling of deck chairs and stuff um, you know, on the Titanic, as we like to say, you think all of that is done for now? I mean, do you, do you think that we're in kind of a calm period and you know it's going to be more focused about football than some of these other off-field things? Well, here's here's the thing. In terms of expansion, we talk, we just talked about Notre Dame. That's a factor. But keep keep your eye on the Big Twelve. I mean, the Big Twelve and the Pac twelve were starting to have negotiations. Maybe they could work out a collaborative relationship to to increase their revenues for football. That obviously did not work out. So, what do you do if you're the Big Twelve? You've got a brand new commissioner who really has spent some, has never spent any time in college athletics, but has worked for other organizations does he turn aggressive do they decide they need to go pluck four teams away from the pac-12 so that they feel pretty good about their future and maybe they can even jump ahead of the acc into that third spot so i don't i don't think it's over yet uh i still think the big 12 has got to figure out what they want to do and so does the pac-12 for that matter Tony Barnhart joining us on the waitfor.com hotline. I know what I'm about to ask you is very hypothetical, but was thinking about this during the week. Greg Sankey has proven to be such a leader. And and I'll I'll always go back to during the pandemic, that interview on Good Morning America, and he was just this calming force in the middle of this hurricane that he just came out and said what needed to be said and, and, and has always led the SEC in such a good direction. And it got me to thinking just about the idea of I do think at some point we're going to get a new governing body of college football, that it's not going to be the NCAA. It's going to be something else that fits more of where the model of collegiate athletics is today. Is Greg Sankey the kind of guy that you could see being something bigger than just even SEC commissioner running a new organization? I don't think ever running the NCAA because they're they're not going to be, I don't think, part of the future of football. But he just comes across as such a leader, and he's just such a great figure for the SEC conference right now. Oh, yeah. I mean, to me, if you had to pick commissioner of college football, see, I still think college football should have its own entity uh, and because it's such a unique sport. 
it plays such a significant role in the overall financial health of college athletics. And if, if, and so I think I think the there needs to be a commissioner of college football, and Greg Sankey would be perfect for that. He would he would also be perfect for whatever organization replaces the NCAA to um, to govern college athletics. He is one of the most well-read, thoughtful people I have ever met, and his skill set his skill set would uh, translate really easily into something like that. I know the SEC would hate to lose him, but he's been very involved in, in the reconfiguration of the NCAA. He sits on all those committees. So if they're looking around for a, uh, a president or whatever you're going to call it, uh, he would be an excellent candidate. Last thing, Tony, just a minute left. Um, I guess I'll be the homer here because I did vote Stetson Bennett second team All-SEC. I think that there is something to being the returning quarterback on a national championship team. And again, a guy who threw for 3,000 yards and 30 touchdowns last year. I'm not surprised Hooker and Levis were the other two quarterbacks taken for the second and third team. But is there sort of what Kirby talked about, a bit of a disrespect about Stetson Bennett throughout even not just nationally but specifically even in the Southeast Conference itself well I don't think there's any question about it I'll tell you two quick stories one is I'm, I'm at the Georgia Florida game uh I'm outside tailgating with some friends before I go into work uh and a guy a Georgia fan walked up to me I had no idea who the guy was he said Tony you know darn well that we can't win a national championship with Stetson Bennett as our quarterback. I said, I don't know that at, at all. I said, the guy, the guy absolutely makes every throws. The players love him. They know him as a leader. So I said, I don't see that at all. Well, what did he do? He went on to lead Georgia to the national championship. Then in June, I am speaking to a group of uh, graduates from the Cherry College of Business, uh, young alumni from there, and – uh, get I do my little speech and it was either the second or the third question in the Q and A and the guy and the guy says well if St- even if Stetson Bennett stays healthy all year long do you think he'll play the whole season at quarterback for Georgia and I said you guys have got to be kidding me uh, no I I don't know what more Stetson Bennett has to do other than win. 14 or 15 games last season and a national championship would be the MVP in both the national semifinals and the national championship game. And Oh, by the way, he's in his sixth year for, for crying out loud. So yeah, I, I don't know what, I think it has something to do with recruiting. If you weren't a four star or five star, you can't possibly be good. Uh, you're, you're fooling everybody. And I think that's, that is part of it. But Stetson Bennett knows how to play football. He knows how to make decisions, and he throws the ball to the right guy at the right time. And so I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big admirer of Stetson Bennett. On Twitter, at Mr. CFB, he's the best in the business. Nobody I'd rather talk college football with than Tony Barnhart, and he joined us here on the WadeFord.com hotline. As always, Tony, appreciate it. Thanks for a few minutes here in Atlanta this evening. Okay, always good to be with you. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.